This is the Improved Photography Podcast, episode number 206. Merry Christmas. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Harmer, and today I am joined by Connor Hibbs and Sandy Duro. Hey, guys. Hey. Well, I know you guys have an exciting 2017 ahead of you, but we are actually going to start the prediction wheel going back in time to this day in 2015. I did a podcast with um, Nick and Jeff and Brian McGuckin, and we made our 2016 predictions. And so I want you guys to be the judges. Uh, These are our photography industry predictions for 2016, what's happened this year. And I want you guys to be the judges. I'm going to pause a few times here, uh, and we're going to see just how we did. Well, we want to give an industry prediction. This is the podcast from last year you're hearing. you think will happen. It has to be something that you can, like, prove it happened or it didn't happen because we are going to play this uh, recording next year at the same time as promised we're here we did well my prediction is that the canon 5d mark 4 is supposed to be rele- released in the second quarter of 2016 my prediction is it's gonna have 4k video okay nailed it right 4k video <laughs> in the 5d mark 4 were you guys able to hear that all right uh-huh yeah all right, I got one. Ding, right? Yeah. I got a point. Uh, but it wasn't released in the second quarter of, of 20, uh, 2016. I think it was in the third quarter, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was. All right, I get one and a half. I get one and a half out of two. We're doing okay. All right, let's go on. It should be the first camera from Canon or Nikon in the DSLR lines to have 4K. So my prediction is about the 5D Mark IV as This well, is Nick and Page. my prediction is that it's going to be underwhelming. All right, was the 5D yeah. Mark IV underwhelming? What do you think? I just know that in the beginning when you couldn't when you couldn't use it, he was um, upset with it, but I mean, I I it's kind of everything he expected it to be. I don't know. I'm Nikon. I, I should just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say that looking at all of its specs, it was maybe just a bit underwhelming. But at the same time, Nick did buy one. Yeah, that's true. I And and I agree with you. I think you know, the 5D Mark IV is a... I mean, it's an amazing machine. It's an awesome camera. But it wasn't like when that thing came out, everybody's like, Holy cow, look what Canon did. It was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, nice little bump in specs. Uh, you know, th- there was nothing shocking that happened here. So I, I give Nick a full point here. I think it was underwhelming, but that's not to say it isn't a great camera. Here we go. I think that it's, <laughs> it's not going to have 4K. Yeah. Oh. Uh-uh. <laughs> it did have 4k i really don't think it's going to have 4k because they just released that that one video camera that uh is 4k i forget what it is it's the you know it's their the flagship C- the, the c3po yeah. uh and so i think it's going to be underwhelming but still just good enough to keep me a canon shooter because i'm too lazy to get rid of my lenses and so i'm hoping that the iso is going to be awesome with it that's really what i care the most about probably is the iso performance but i bet it's not going to be as awesome as i hope so that's what all right so he was right nick did buy the 5d mark IV and did stay a canon shooter jury's still out if he's lazy (laughs) but he did stay a canon shooter so what do we think how did nick do you know he also mentioned that he thinks that the iso performance is going to be better and from what i've heard it is so i would say 
I don't know, a point and three quarters. All right. He beat me. I got only got one and a half. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Let's keep going. Between the two of you. This is Jeff Harmon. Be right next to <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either it's going to have it or it's not. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. My, mine is, uh, I think Adobe is going to make graphics acceleration actually work in Lightroom. So, Oh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, so Adobe has has flirted with graphics acceleration um, in Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, graphics acceleration in Lightroom is still terrible. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of people still recommend just turning it off when you get Lightroom because it actually makes things worse. Any disagreement on that? You know, I think that I want to give Jeff a negative point on this one because he got my hopes up last year. And yeah, it's definitely a miss there. All right. Sorry, Jeff. Not so good. If you don't know what that is, there's a preference setting right now in Lightroom where we've recommended everyone turn it off because it's implemented so badly that it makes things worse than better. So <laughs> I predict we're going to want to check that box next year. At some point in the year, Lightroom 7, I'm guessing, will be the version number they'll go to. Nope. Sorry, Jeff. We never <laughs> saw Lightroom 7. Still waiting. We're still using Lightroom CC 2015 right now. And next week it's going to be 2017 and we'll still be using the 250 2015 software and that's going to be something that will actually work mine is something that i think all right this is brian mcguckins here is that by the end of the year jeff will no longer be able to call himself a hobbyist photographer <laughs> all right so uh <laughs> jeff is an awesome photographer we're glad to have him jeff is the host of the photo taco podcast and does an awesome job um, I don't remember if he said that he wanted to go pro or if he wanted to stay a hobbyist. Well, I think that. Brian just meant that he he can't call himself a hobbyist in terms of skill level. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Def- then, yes. Definitely. Yeah. I, w- <laughs> I would say Brian is definitely wrong here. Not because <laughs> Jeff doesn't have the skill of a pro, but because Jeff really does like the title of being a hobbyist photographer. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he was terrible on his predictions <laughs> sorry jeff <laughs> all right that's our 2016 industry predictions at the end of this show we're going to make our predictions for the 2017 uh industry photography industry predictions and we'll see how we do on in the end of december 2017 All right, we have lots more to talk about in this episode of the podcast. Um, Sandy, you've been doing a little bit of PR photography, uh, and I know that's been a big, big piece of your business. Tell us about that. I feel like I forget every year that the holidays are coming up, and then all of a sudden I'm at every, you know, corporate luncheon or uh, event or what they're doing. (laughs) Can I start start over? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm a me- I'm like a mess. I'm over here popping cough drops and coughing because my throat's so slow. Messed now, everybody too. on this podcast, we're still live. They're wondering why you're laughing because I muted my mic. You heard it. They didn't. <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> All right, laughing fits over. over. I'm just getting over a cold. It's Christmas. Everybody's happy. We just can't stop laughing. All right, what do you got for us, Sandy? So every every year I get called to do these, you know, corporate luncheons and um, you know, charity events where of course they need documentation of the charity that they're giving these big businesses. Right, because um, they can't they can't just give away money. It's like let's make the check huge and hire a gaggle of photographers to come over here and take pictures because we're so charitable right <laughs> that's what's happening yes i mean but i mean they are doing good things so but it is funny that they need to yeah, anyway so they just hire make sure you do your alms before men that's that's the key of christmas <laughs> um but you know it's the thing is is it's not like works of art right i'm just running around taking pictures of people delivering things and um you know or up on stage talking and i just thought if you're starting out and you really want to get comfortable with your flash this might be a really good thing for you to do if you hear of an event that's sponsored by somebody contact that company's marketing and pr department and say do you need coverage of it and then you know it's kind of similar to weddings but if you're not you know wanting to get into weddings it's it just throws you into the fire but it's not as probably as intense as weddings you know if, if one or two shots get messed up it's not going to be a big deal um so i just thought that that would be another avenue to go down um but again you know if you want to get artsy with it i wouldn't recommend doing any kind of presets with it um if you want to you know do different angles sure but overall it's it's not again works of art or anything <laughs> yeah, just, kind of just covering the pretty normal mm-hmm well, yeah, I've done a little bit of that. When I was in Florida and I was running a, a small photography business, that's something that I, I had several contracts for. I know people get busy with this usually in the month of December um, because it's, it's a, you know, corporate kind of Christmas end of year parties and things like that. Um, and, you know, a lot of hap of giving kind of things happen um, in December. This is definitely uh, a good place to be in, I think, if you're in the business of photography, because, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, a company, a, you know, a, a corporate Christmas party, some of them have huge, huge budgets. Uh, I photographed one that um, I, I, you know, I, uh, you know, trying to do the best that I can for my business. Uh, I had somebody call that was doing a company, uh, a company event in Florida, and they said, "Hey, you know, we're we're um, we're doing this thing, you know, just a uh, Christmas party for our uh, for our people anyway. And they they said we want to have a photographer there. And I was just going to take a picture of each family as they came in. Um, and and so they and so before they could ask me how much it costs, I said, what's your budget for 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 photography of this? Because I you know wanted them to mention price first. And I was glad they did because uh, they were like, oh, we think uh, six thousand. I was like. I should be able to do it, you know, <laughs> uh, and I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a lot. It was a it was a lot more than I than I would have asked. But, you know, that's what their budget was uh, for this. And so it was totally awesome that I could uh, th that I could do that. And uh, it's they're often a thing that's, you know, year to year to year so that you, you can get those great contracts um, if you're kind of getting in in with the businesses. It's always nice when they tell you the budget up front because yep. almost always, especially when it's businesses, it's more than what you had in your head to be able to do that kind of work. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's I think it's great. <laughs> All right. Well, we also wanted to talk today about Connor. 
drum roll please is quitting his day job and focusing on photography really excited for you connor tell us a little bit about uh your decision kind of how you got to this point and and where you're wanting to go with your photography well you know i've actually been shooting for i mean I always just say the better part of a decade because I can never figure out exactly how many years it's been. But we'll say I started with a Canon Rebel XS and that thing was. Oh, I got an XS. That was my first camera, too. My I, first I serious camera. Some. I mean, I had film cameras, too. But that, when I was like, hey, I'm going to be a photographer, it was an XS. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've been doing this for coming up on a decade now. And I have enough clientele that I'm able to sustain myself in paying my bills and covering all my basic cost of living for the next year. And I, I've just decided that it's time for me to take that leap towards growing my business. Um, but it's probably not in the way that you might think because this next year, I'm actually gonna be going into business with Miss Sandy here. Isn't yep. that right? <laughs> so I think that the really cool thing, I'm just gonna jump in and totally interrupt you no, as you <laughs> um, The really cool thing is, you know, uh, photographers, we always feel like we have to be so solitary and I feel like you're focusing on marketing and then you get too busy and you don't focus on marketing anymore. Where if you have a business partner and somebody that has your back, um, that's what I've been looking for for so long. And Connor really fit the bill as far as um, technical skill and drive and professionalism. And, and I really can't think of anybody better to go into business with. So it's already happened where I got overwhelmed and he said, let me edit some stuff. So he took on some editing and it, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something that there is a little element of nerves there because it's scary enough to take that leap on your own and having somebody else in there where you're like, okay, now we have two people that we need to cover all of our expenses and everything like that with business that, that kind of compounds the anxiety. But when you really break it down, you have two people working. You have two, like, even even if everything goes ideal and we only have to work 40 hours every week, which I, I'm skeptical that's going to be the case at first, at least. Um, but, you know, even, even if you have two people working at that time, you can, we're able to focus on saying, okay, we need to work on marketing and this, you know, it, when you have two people doing the load of one company, then, I mean, yeah, it, we're just able to balance each other out. And I agree with you completely, Sandy. Like, you seem like a fantastic partner. You're you're the kind of person that focuses on marketing and business stuff, which is something that while I'm okay with and I have a strong interest in, it, it's not always the first thing that I go to when I think about my priorities. I don't um, think a lot of creatives do, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then working at the commercial, I'm sorry, Connor did working at the commercial studio, they have a whole team here. They have, they have somebody that does the majority of the shooting. They have somebody that does the majority of the retouching. Then they have an office manager and a plethora of assistants and this whole, this whole tribe that they have here. Um, and I'm in there somewhere. I kind of do a lot of odd jobs for them, but, um, I always thought, I, how am I going to find this? You know, like, how am I going to get to where they are? And I think that bringing people in is what I, I needed to do. Um, but again, a lot of photographers say, nope, I want to keep every dime to myself. I want to do everything and be everybody. And you just can't in some circumstances. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things that I'm most excited about in going into business with Sandy is that we're going to focus 
at least a good portion of our energy towards mentoring and putting together workshops. And one of the things that's great about that is that we'll be able to put the value of two experts in our field um, into the cost of what an individual would be charging for a workshop. So that's something that I'm really excited about is that we're going to be able to bounce off of each other and I mean, work in a capacity where we can have our hands working with more people throughout the year. Yeah, that is exciting. I'm I'm excited to see what you guys put together. Uh, some of the product photography stuff you guys do is so cool. And I, I mean, a lot of our listeners are uh, are people who are in the business of photography. We certainly have a lot of pros that that listen to the show. We also have a lot, probably more for sure, um, are just passionate hobbyist photographers uh, who maybe earn some some money with photography. The thing that I'm excited about you guys doing uh, when you are putting together those workshops uh, is I think they're cool because it applies not just to people who are interested in the business of photography. Doing like commercial and product photography is just fun generally. Um, oh, yeah. It like really both is. of you guys have been doing like wine bottle photography and stuff. In fact, Sandy's got a, a class that's going to be coming up on improved photography plus on doing that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just, it's neat stuff. Um, and, and, and there's also a commercial application for it, obviously. Uh, but even if you're not really into the business of photography, uh, this is, this is cool. Very exciting stuff. So yeah, and, tell and, me a little well, bit about the numbers. So I'm curious, and I think a lot of, of listeners are, what's the big money maker? Uh, like when you're when you're looking at, you know, okay, I'm gonna do, you know, full-time photography. Obviously, you guys are going after the commercial side of things primarily, but like who's the ideal client? How are you marketing to them? What's the what's the thing that's like, yeah, that's the money maker when we can get this client? Honestly, for me, it, it's um, whatever you focus on and the more detailed you can focus on something, then the more that you will find your that that uh, tap into that market. So, so, so instance, what is it? Is it a, a real estate client, somebody who just built a new uh, building uh, and you got to photograph the building? Or is it uh, an Amazon seller who's going to have a product for you every month uh, to put up? Who's the ideal? Honestly, for me, um, like I do a lot of work with um, salons. Like I got into this, like this niche where I clicked with a lot of salon owners that needed photos of the inside of their salon. So like my whole portfolio is salon work. And then once I got one, I got another. And again, like that's that's very specific beauty salons. Um, then when I focused on furniture and I did some, you know, it's just like whatever you focus on, the more in detail, more minute you could be, then you'll be the expert in that thing. You'll make money wherever you put your energy into. It's when you're too broad and you want to be everything to everybody that I think that's when it all falls apart, honestly. And, you know, I, I would say that a lot of my focus anyway in doing this more commercial product stuff is, well, products. Um, I like shooting stuff that's more tabletop, smaller items, whether it be shooting on white for Amazon, like you said, like there are plenty of small to medium sized businesses. Um, my wife actually works at one that has thousands of products where you can just place one, take a photo, place one, take a photo, place one, take a photo. But then there's also commercial applications to it, advertising and things of that sort um, that, I mean, it's something that somehow our minds block out all of these images that we see. But as I've been getting more and more into this world, it's amazing how many photos of hamburgers and yeah. bottles of things and jewelry there are. I mean, I swear there's probably 200 on my way to work that I work at my current day job. It's a 15 minute drive and I probably pass that many photos of products and images that 
companies need. They have products that they need to be able to show off. So that's kind of my focus in this partnership is going to be largely on the product photography side. So do you feel like um, you have enough business now uh, to to do what you need to do? I mean, how far have you waited? What have you done to prepare for the day that you say, you know, I'm putting a little pink slip in my locker, right? Like, like, have you, you know, built up a financial reserve that you're like, no, it's going to take time, but we're going to be able to build this up? Or do you feel like you have the clientele now that you're, you're set? You just got to switch from one job to the other. I'm not trying to pry, but like, I just want to, I think people are interested because I think a lot of people are interested in making this move or, or how other people do this. Um, so, so tell me your thought process there. Okay. I'll start with this. Um, so for me, it's, it's a little bit of both. So I've, I've been pretty good for the last six months or so in saving every penny that I could, anything that I wasn't directly putting into shooting portfolio work, I was saving. I I decided I had enough gear. I had everything that I needed. So I have a good financial reserve for a little bit over six months, I think. Um, and I have enough clientele that I know I'll be able to pay my bills just from that clientele. Um, it probably will be a bit of tight living if I were to just run off of that. But luckily I have this extra financial reserve, um, sitting aside in case I need to dip into that as well. Um, so my plan is just to move forward. I mean, what I've been able to make right now, the kind of clientele that will support those bills, um, is something that I've done in my free time, in my time outside of my 40 hour a week job. And I think, feel like if I take my time to dedicate those 40 hours a week towards clients acquisition and building my business further that I'll be able to sustain myself. Um, and seriously, desperation is the best motivator. Like it really, really is. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, this is going to be a little bit random, but it's totally cool. So, uh, I, everybody knows I'm an audible junkie. Uh, total junkie. And I guess disclaimer, they've advertised on the podcast before, but I think it's pretty obvious that's not why we're talking about this. I listened to so many audiobooks. It's not even funny. I think I've listened to, well, let's count one, two, three, four, five books in the last month I've read, uh, listened to on Audible. Anyway, uh, I read one a couple months ago while I was traveling down to Arizona to scout locations for the Improved Photography Conference called, I'm going to find it here. Uh, there are a lot of books between here and there. Uh, ah, the power of broke by Damon John. It's a business book has nothing to do with photography. Um, uh, so he's one of the, the sharks on the shark tank. If you've watched that show, uh, but it's, he's, he's talking about exactly what you are. Sandy, uh, he's talking about the fact that when you're starting a business, you know, you kind of need to put your back against the wall and that, you know, you get $10,000 to start your business. You're just going to blow it on a bunch of gear and stuff. And, and it kind of makes you just feel too comfortable that you got to just kind of bootstrap things and work your butt off to, to get where you need to be. And I can totally see that. I can, I can totally see that. Usually when my, my, I have a couple businesses, my businesses are doing well. I let my foot off the accelerator. It drives me crazy, but I do it. And I'll look back a couple months later and it's like, Oh, I, I'm not doing as much as I was. Uh, and then I'll be like, all right, you know, get back into high gear. Uh, so and, and when the businesses are not doing well, their problems and stuff, those are usually the most successful times because uh, I'm motivated you get things done. So I think you're totally right, Sandy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about this. This has been something that I've had in some sort of plan for the last five years or so. Um, 
I, I really wanted to be able to get good enough at photography that I was paying for all my gear. And then once I got to that, I was like, okay, well, I need a little bit more gear and a little bit more gear. And I wanted to get to a point where I felt comfortable. Like I didn't actually need anything to do whatever I needed to do, to do any kind of shoot that I wanted to do. And I feel like I finally gotten to that point where I can do any kind of shoot that I need to. If somebody asks me to do something and is willing to pay me money for it, I have the gear. I have everything that I need except for what do you want me to shoot? Get that. I honestly mind. think that Connor could have done it, you know, years ago. I think that he's, <laughs> he's, he's more than ready. Yeah. And, but, you know, it, it's a little bit nerve wracking to go from a secure job where you have a steady income that pays your bills and everything to moving into a world where you, I mean, if you're not out there getting more clients and building your business and shooting and working, you're not going to eat. Oh, I, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. I, when I decided to go full-time with improved photography and make this my career, uh, I, I felt like I was insane. I just spent three years of my life rotting in law school. <laughs> you know, I, I had just worked so hard, hard and I, harder than I ever had at anything ever to get through law school. It's not easy uh, to, uh, to get through law school. And then three months before graduation, uh, you know, I'd started improved photography a couple of years before, just kind of as a hobby blog um, uh, to communicate with this, the 20 people in my adult ed class in photography in Southwest Florida and the traffic really spiked Uh, and I started teaching photography classes on there and I you know saw okay this this is can earn money you know but like still it's like when I so I I got a job offer from a a local judge here uh, to clerk the first year sweet gig this is like 30 35 hours a week but you get paid for full time Uh, you just kind of roll in write some memos go home early, right? This is like a easy job. Um, and I was like, man, this is like guaranteed income. It's from the state, all the benefits and everything. Or I could just go be an insane person, let my law degree over on the wall, just collect dust uh, and do what I really love and hope this thing works out long term. It's scary, but uh, uh, it's been awesome. So, But every life experience uh, yeah. goes into what you're doing now, right? Now you can yep. provide the contracts on Improved Photography Plus or the packages, that, you know, that that's what people need is a contract that in legal, you know, somebody that knows what they're actually talking about because we're creatives. We don't know that stuff uh-huh. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> Yeah, no, everything helps. And I, I don't regret getting a law degree. I, I really don't because that's how I ended up here. Hey, you know, and I, you know, I was in a spot. My back was against the wall. I had the power of broke to start the business and really it helped a lot. Uh, so anyway, I, I, we don't want to go too far into the business of photography because this is really about photography itself on this show. Uh, but I, I'm excited for you guys um, and, where, and where you're headed from here. We're hoping to get some frequent updates maybe with a new podcast uh, from Connor and Sandy about the business of photography. Um, and uh, and good luck to you. Thanks, Jim. Thanks so much. 
All right, it is that time. We wait for it all year, and it has come. This is time for the 2017 photography industry predictions uh, from the hosts of the Improved Photography Podcast. Um, so we did our 2016. Um, I, I did okay. Jeff Harmon <laughs> had a rough year, uh, but we'll see how we all do. So here are my predictions. I'm going to go kind of rapid fire. These are my 2017, what's going to happen in photography industry. First of all, Fuji has already announced a medium format camera, um, and my prediction is the body only is going to cost seven grand. Um, I know a ton of people were crazy excited about this camera uh, when Fuji said they were going to do something medium format. I don't think they're going to get the price point down to where we're all expecting and thinking. I think it's going to be more of a $7,000 camera, and it's really going to be kind of a niche thing. Um, I am excited about that camera, uh, but if it costs 7,000 bucks, no thanks. All right. The second prediction, the Sony a7R3 will uh, fix their menu systems. The Sony menu systems are bad. They're really bad. They're better than they were before, but they're still bad. Um, so I hope that's something that they fix on the a7R3. Um, and I think that's going to be the camera of the year. I think the a7R3 is going to be the lustworthy camera of 2017. Um, the a7R2 is already close, uh, but it needs a better autofocus system. Um, and it needs to fix the menus. Just a couple weird things before it's like, before it's the camera. All right, the iPhone 8, right now we're on the 7. I predict the iPhone 8 will have the exact same camera as the iPhone 7. This, you know, the dual lens uh, on this on the 8 Plus, etc. And I predict that Apple will release a keyboard that costs $200 or more. <laughs> that was a little crazy one. Uh, I haven't seen any rumors on any rumor sites or anything about this, uh, but I, I think they're going to do it. I, I think they've made everything else in my life so expensive that the only thing left that they could charge an unreasonable price for is the keyboard. <laughs> so I think they're going to find a way. That's my prediction. <laughs> Now, I have a question for one of your predictions there, Jim. All right, what do you got? You said the iPhone 8 will have the same camera as the 7. Do you really think it's going to be iPhone 8 and not the 7S? I think so, because it's going to be the 10-year anniversary of the iPhone, so I don't think they would do a 7S. I think He's they're going to try to do something cool and different and stuff. All right, I'll, I'll take that. Well, for my predictions, I don't have too many, but I do believe that Canon is going to release a full-frame mirrorless that doesn't require the purchase of new lenses. I want something that has EF mount because otherwise uh, there's no point in going mirrorless. If I guess if you're starting out from scratch and don't have any lenses or whatnot, but they, they've been trying to do that with the M mount lenses on their other mirrorless systems, and it's just not a great seller from it. I haven't heard anybody talk wonders about their M series mirrorless cameras. So my prediction is that they're going to have full frame mirrorless that mounts EF or EFS lenses. Well, obviously not EFS, but my other prediction. Yeah. Is okay. That, so I, I, I want to talk about that one. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's a good, that's a good prediction. Uh, we've, we've seen rumors of that uh, on Canon rumors of, of that maybe coming out. And I will add that Jeff Harmon also says that Canon is going to put out a mirrorless uh, camera that takes EF mount glass. So you got backup on this one. This is good. All right. Uh, <laughs> what I am interested to see if this does end up happening is What's the purpose of that? 
Really? Like, what's the purpose of it? I mean, you can get more information on the viewfinder because it's going to be an OLED. But if it's going to use the same heavy, heavy glass, you might lose a couple grams. You know, a mirror doesn't weigh that much uh, in the body. So uh, I, I think you have a great prediction. I, I think you very well could be right. But uh, I'm curious to see what the point of this camera is going to be for Canon. I, I hope they they don't just do it so that they can say they have something mirrorless. I hope they actually find a way to make that a useful change. Yeah, I, I definitely understand your feelings there. <laughs> um, it's something that when I was considering buying a new camera, I was kind of holding out. Maybe they were going to do this. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized I, I don't actually care too much if they have a full frame mirror. <laughs> but I do think that they have motivation to appear at least as it, though they are competing against Sony in the full frame mirrorless world. Um, I think that right now they are definitely losing some people to the A7R2. And I, I think that really it's going to be more of a competitive move, move for them than it is anything else. They really got to do something, right, to stay competitive. <laughs> I mean, it's it's no Nikon. Like, they're not falling that that far behind. And <laughs> well, I mean, to, to, to be honest, like we were talking about with the, the Mark IV, you know, like what, are they, what else are they going to do? They, I, I think that that's a really good prediction. Cool. And, you know, I, I actually have a question for you, Jim, about another one of your predictions. Does Fuji make their own sensors or is Sony providing their sensors? Because I know Sony provides them for Nikon, Hasselblad, and um, I think Phase 1 as well. Yeah, they um, do. And and if that's the case, Fuji then I does think make that, theirs, yeah. I think that while I don't know anything about Fuji's medium format camera i haven't looked into it at all i think that your prediction sounds right about in line because one of the most expensive things about the medium format cameras is that gigantic sensor so i'm gonna back you up on this one and say that i agree fuji's medium format camera is going to be seven thousand dollars for the body only at least yeah um, and that's something that i would love to know i i should I don't know who I could talk to, to to get this answer, but I've wondered this for a long time. Like when when Canon's building a body, how much money do they pay Sony per sensor? I would just love to know that. I think that'd be fascinating. I mean, are we? I mean, we're, the camera's going to sell for maybe three grand. So are are we talking about a you know hundred dollar sensor, fifty dollar <laughs> sensor, uh, or or is this a significant? portion of the of the price i don't know my, my guess is maybe 40 50 bucks um for a sensor i don't know if if any of the listeners so have data on I that i would know. love to know that i'd be very curious on that it's it's always so depressing when you find out what something is wholesale anything yeah <laughs> no, i i honestly think that the cost might be a bit more than what you're thinking jim um purely because if you've ever seen videos of the sensor per production facilities they're like giant warehouses that are completely clean rooms like sealed off no dust in any anything in there and i think that just running a facility like that has to be ridiculously expensive to run and have all of your employees come in and scrub down and clean i i would imagine that not because of the components but i think because of the labor and maintenance of the facilities that the sensors are probably more expensive than you might think i i'd be interested to know if any of the listeners have ever seen any real data on that 
definitely interested. Let us know. Absolutely. All right. Any other predictions here? Um, I have one more, and I think that it is Adobe will stop using years as part of their update names and rather move to version numbers or something of the sort. It makes me feel a little less enthusiastic about this prediction after having heard Jeff say the same thing last year. But I, I think that hopefully this next year they will move away from saying 2017 if they ever update anything beyond 2015.whatever. I certainly hope so. I hope we better see some serious innovation from Adobe and, and fixing speed. Um, I'm hoping that CES is the time that, that they're ready to, to release something, but I haven't seen any rumors. Um, so I, I, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I, am I allowed to say that? I don't know if I can say this. I might regret this. I'm not under any NDAs, and sometimes I have been by Adobe. Let's just say that. <laughs> should I have said that? Maybe we should edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if the, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, and NDAs and a non-disclosure agreement. Um, we'll. We'll we'll just let that ruminate. I don't know. All right, um, Sandy, uh, I, what's what's in your glass ball? What do you think? I have the feeling that as soon as we as we end this recording, I'm going to come up with something so brilliant, but I have nothing. On the <laughs> she just I'm predicts predicting. that we're all going to be happy and warm and healthy. I'm predicting um, that improved photography is going to add another podcast at least one. I hope so. <laughs> All right, that does it for our industry predictions. Now on to the doodads of the week. Okay, mine isn't even a doodad. It's a doodad tip, but it's something I've been thinking about this last week and I wanted to share. Uh, so often people ask me, um, you know, when they hear some new technology uh, devices coming out, they'll say, hey, you know, Jim, are you getting this or that? Because they know I love technology. Almost always the answer is no. Uh, I don't like buying cutting edge technology and I almost never do. I, I love buying second generation technology. Uh, so I, I, I guess the reason that I was thinking about this is people are always, you know, asking, saying, you know, Hey, did you see this new thing on Kickstarter? Did you buy this? I've never once ever paid for something on Kickstarter. Um, not that it isn't a great platform and it's super cool, uh, but I don't want to be the first generation of anything. Uh, when I see the, that somebody's come out with a cool new idea, I think, oh, that's going to have a lot of bugs in it. I can't wait until they <laughs> fix it. And when they have good Amazon reviews, I'm buying. <laughs> that's just kind of how I think about technology. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, the new MacBook Pro just added one new thing, just this little uh, strip of icons at the top and they're having all kinds of problems with it. Um, you know, it seems like every time brand new technology comes out, the Samsung Galaxy Note 7, you know, every time they release an iPhone, uh, the Samsung is always saying, uh, yeah, we've already had that. We've had that for six months. We've had that feature for a year. Uh, and then this kind of stuff happens, comes back to bite you when you're pushing the envelope constantly trying to roll out the brand new newest things, constant problems with technology. Same thing with Tesla. Uh, the early uh, Tesla's, uh, you know, the Model X had tons of problems and you wait a couple of years after it's released and you get a really nice product. Um, 
so that is my my it not doodad my doodad buying tip of the week i guess <laughs> if you have struggles with technology you love technology but you have struggles with it buy the second generation of everything and i think you'll be happier so That's did all. you buy the Apple Watch when it first came out? I didn't buy the Apple Watch. I bought the second generation Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> and it still wasn't that great. I returned it. Did you buy a new Tesla by any chance? Uh, okay, well, I did not buy a new Tesla, but I did put a down payment on the Tesla 3 uh, that's Ooh. coming out uh, in 2018. It's a That's an amazing car, by the way. It's it's 35000 which is still, it's an expensive car, but you never have to buy gas ever again. Um, yeah. And, you know, f- I think 400,000 people put their reservation down for that car. Uh, you pay $1,000 to save your spot in line to buy one. Um, 400000 thousand people put it in i waited not at the very start when everybody was piling on because i didn't want to own the first one out i want to <laughs> own one later i just i love technology and all the new stuff but i don't want to be the bleeding edge of anything i want to be off the bleeding edge or do you guys agree do you do no, you totally. like having no, the brand totally new agree. thing or what do you guys do that reason i used to work i used to work at apple and i was always kind of like eh, every time that it would not not that things would go wrong i don't want to like bad mouth it. i love everything apple but like the phone you know you buy the six and then the success comes out and then you're like oh i wish it would have waited and got that one yeah know? the <laughs> ipad the original ipad was terrible the ipad 2 was a nice ipad yeah. they fixed all the problems First generation anything i didn't do the watch i still haven't i know i i will but for that reason i didn't do the watch i i'm sitting here with a first generation watch on my wrist you're like dang it i love it <laughs> no, no, don't get me wrong i waited until the second generation came out and there was a price break on the first uh, yeah there you go that's even smarter that's another good point remember when dvd players first came out and they were like 500 dollars for a dvd player that's now 20 or 15 dollars <laughs> <laughs> no i i absolutely agree on waiting Unless it's not, if it's something you absolutely have to have and you don't foresee problems with it, and I mean, I guess go ahead, but uh, that's that's not the way that I like to buy. I'd rather be able to read a thousand reviews and see everybody that's saying something negative about it and see if I can actually live with those negative things if they were to possibly happen or see the percentage of people saying that thing. Um, I'm kind of an Amazon junkie and I will research the heck out of anything I'm about to buy. Um, on there just because I mean that's valuable information to know what you're getting into beforehand so I'm I'm not a cutting edge kind of tech person I'm a slightly behind cutting edge kind of person amen all right Sandy what do you have for us this week um, so I, a few times I've been traveling and I, um, wanted to ditch my camera bag and all I needed really was like my body and my 50 millimeter or something like I'm not going for work, but I want to bring my camera. Um, and I wish that I would have had these so long ago. So they're lens wraps and there's not even a particular brand. Um, this one, I, oh, it's like a little sleeping bag for your lens. That's what I was just going to say. Aww, it's like, it's cute. It's a square and it has Velcro on all four sides and you wrap up anything. You could do your camera body and your lens and then for girls, throw it in your purse, um, which is what I wish I could have done so many times when I'm you know, traveling. But um, that's exactly what it is. It looks like a sleeping bag for your, for your gear. <laughs> Aww, keep it nice and cozy. Actually, I really like this. This is pretty cool. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I could see myself buying these. These are pretty cool. 
That's a good this recommendation. This one's a Tenba Messenger 16-inch portable protective wrap for lenses, flashes, camera bodies, and electronics. Lens sleeping bag. Awesome. All right. We'll link that in the show notes. Or if you just go to, if you're ever wanting links, uh, we've worked out a couple bugs. Sometimes we weren't quick to update it, but I think we're all set now. Uh, if you go to improvephotography.com slash doodads, you'll get all the links from every episode, even if you're a few weeks behind. It's just all listed out there for the last year. Uh, so that's improvephotography.com slash doodads anytime you're wanting those links. And if you're not sure how to spell doodads, I spent like 10 minutes trying to find every way you could possibly misspell it, and they all redirect <laughs> to the page. So you're good. Awesome. Well, my doodad is a little bit of doodad and a little bit of do random, but it does have to do with photography in a roundabout way. Um, I say you should get a hot melt glue gun and gorilla glue sticks if you're at all interested in doing product or tabletop photography. Um, not not any particular brand glue gun, but the gorilla glue sticks. Like gorilla <laughs> glue. It, you're discerning reason, glue gun owner. Yes. <laughs> not, not just don't just go buy any any glue gun willy-nilly you gotta get the right brand <laughs> to look cool with all your crafting friends <laughs> there's glue guns at every garage sale get whatever glue gun you want but make sure that your ammunition for that glue gun is gorilla glue sticks because it is a lot stronger of a hold and i mean it's something that i've been using a lot recently as i'm doing more portfolio shoots gearing up for this leaving my day job I've been doing lots of tabletop stuff and there are times when I need to have something dangling from a stick or right on the edge of a very small table um, so I can get lights in very very close to it and the only way that I've been able to do that is by gluing them onto things so I actually just shot a wine bottle that I had to glue into place because I just couldn't get lights close enough other than to put it on a tiny plate that was sitting on top of my stand. So if you're at all interested in tabletop or product type photography, get yourself any hot melt glue gun and some Gorilla Glue sticks. Very cool. Well, for the do random of the week, I'm going to bring one back. Um, and it is the Amazon Echo Dot. Uh, coincidentally, second generation. <laughs> um, uh, I did not buy the first generation. I waited for the second, and then I was like, yes. Uh, it usually costs 40 bucks. They almost always have it on sale now. Uh, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's been really useful. Have either of you guys tried this? I have not the dot, but I have the full on echo. Oh, you got the house. big boy one. All right. I, I actually got it as a Christmas gift last year and I love it. I mean, I don't use it for a ton of stuff, um, but I now have a smart thermostat that I have connected to it and a lamp that I'm able to tell it to turn on and off. And you and probably just sit there all night like on Alexa off, <laughs> Alexa on, Alexa off just because it's fun. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and when I give people the tour of my new house, it, the first thing that I do is like, hey, watch this. This one lamp in the corner will turn on. <laughs> Remember the clap on? Well, now you can say it. Yeah, uh, now you can just say the words instead. And I mean, I use it for timers all the time when cooking, and it's a great Bluetooth speaker. Um, but the Echo Dot is interesting because it is a lot cheaper 
than the full-on Echo. Yeah, it's cool. The price point's pretty good. I don't know. I might consider it. But does she I, understand you better than Siri does? Because yes, I fight with Siri it's better much. than Siri. I can't handle that kind of frustration. Doesn't it not life. seem to anybody else that Siri used to be better? It seems like Siri's had a hard time understanding me lately. I don't know. Uh, but the, yeah, the Echo Dot's cool. I When I wake up in the morning, it's my alarm clock, first of all. Um, and then I say, Alexa, read me the news. And she starts telling me all the... <laughs> the news she'll just give me a little five minute flash briefing while i'm getting ready for the day um and we were playing games yesterday couldn't find any dice so we can say alexa roll the dice and she just tells you what the number is it's awesome uh it's so great um i can walk into my uh into the tv room and i can say alexa turn on you know the apple tv and it turns on the tv switches the inputs gets the apple tv on it's so cool um it's really cool. cool all right so that is my recommendation for the do random of the week the amazon echo dot everybody thank you for listening to the improved photography podcast this year uh we're thinking of lots of different ways we can kind of improve the show change things up i think it's about time for a little switch up in our format and stuff uh, i really appreciate sandy and connor and everything you guys uh, uh, do for improved photography and the content you share with everybody we're looking forward to hearing more from you guys in 2017 and have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you next year. Bye. Bye.